OTB Sports Rugby. Do you want to just take it easy, keep the emotion in check? That's not, not what sport is about. It's about emotion. It's about singing your national anthem with pride. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We can talk about the games the weekend and, and who's putting their hands up for selection and all that kind of stuff. But the whale situation, uh, like... I mean, the competition for the worst run rugby uh, organisation in the world. Wales are winning this hands down at the moment. There's a real possibility that there will be a strike. Yeah, and that would be a disastrous situation for everyone, I think. Um, You have to feel sorry for, for, for them. The question I would ask is the deal that's been offered to the regions, which hasn't been signed yet, obviously has a knock on effect then with what budgets each of the teams have to sign up players and, and get their playing squad for, 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 for next season. Um, the offer, obviously, is is not what it's expected. It's this cuts. Um, there either isn't the money there or they're offering them rubbish money. So someone needs to clarify that. Obviously, I think it's the, the obvious part of this is that the money is not there. So... Players striking and all the turmoil that's going on, are they going to get more money out of that? I don't know, but it's a sad state of affairs and it's it's a shame for for all those guys. I know what it's like when not not be worrying about the mortgage at, and come June or July that you're out of contract. But to, the last couple of years, it does play in your mind when you're getting you know one year contracts. When, and and what time of the year does the one year contract they, come? They usually start, and um, you know you you'd usually be talking. Um, November, December. If you're if you're very much wanted and you're a certainty that the club wants you to sign, so they usually get their business done before Christmas, particularly in the international squad. You know, January, the end of January, then is your cutoff point for provincial players or or, or older players, and you know, finalising the squad and and stuff like that. But when you if you go into February, I think maybe my last year I might have went into February. It becomes worrying. Because um, I wanted to play on another year, and you know there was a few t- situations kind of impeding that, and uh, a couple of options to go to leave and go somewhere else. So I was just on the uncertainty. Totally different situation. These guys are young players. Some of them, some of them, young players who don't know. So the, basically, Jared, they should have had their contracts kind of agreed pre-Christmas or yeah. the start first week or two of January. You can relax then. You sign your two-year contract, and you know that you have that bit of security. Taking the pay cut isn't the big, big, biggest part of this because inevitably after the pandemic and the Welsh Rugby Union being under pressure financially, the pay cut isn't the big issue here. It's the actual security of not having any contract. So it's very, very difficult for those players. And I can see, you know, someone like Adam Wynne-Jones is 37 probably, you know, has is fairly financially okay. He would have done well out of the game. He would have been a top earner for a long time. He would have been... You know, got the bonus of the international match fees, British and Irish lines, tours, you know, the payments from them, lots of sponsorship stuff. So, but I like the fact that he's not even Welsh captain at the moment, but he's out in the forefront um, fighting for these players and speaking on their behalf. And it's not just the international Welsh players, it's the, the players in, in Cardiff and Scarlets, Ospreys, the Dragons. You know, you look at the game Friday night, Munster v Ospreys. You couldn't but feel, even I was at the game at the start of the game, that you know, meeting some of the Ospreys guys that I would have known, some of the coaches, you couldn't just feel 
the def- deflation before the game, not with the game that's ahead, but just the whole mood and feeling in, in Welsh rugby at the moment. You know, Dragons on Sunday as well, or um, in Saturday night for for Leinster. You know, you just you just feel that it's it's a really tough place from at the moment, and and it's a shambles. If the game doesn't go ahead, it's an absolutely catastrophe because yeah. you're looking at all the revenue that the, the international and Cardiff generates at the weekend. What the Welsh Rugby Union would make out of it, um, but I th- hopefully it'll be sorted out. The Alwyn Jones thing's remarkable, isn't it? Like, I know, I think he's a law degree, which he's having to put to good yeah, use at the moment, yeah. but showing unbelievable leadership. Like, this could be one of the things that, aside from his rugby career, if he helps resolve the situation, and he is clearly putting himself front and centre of the whole thing, he's going to be remembered for this as well, if he can resolve it. Yeah, but he's, a, he's been a leader for, for Wales for such a long time. He's um, he, He's been captain on so many... So for so many years for Wales and it doesn't surprise me I played against him a good few times before I retired um, all, I got to know him very well he's that type of character he's a real leader and uh, he wouldn't be thinking about himself here about what kind of a contract he's getting or if he's staying on or playing on um, but I think it's important you have an, a, a voice there and I'm sure they'll be trying to sit down and, and sort this out in the next few days but it's sad to see it because um, I've spoken a lot in the last few years. The, the Welsh regions, we we want them strong. We want them competitive. Um, I think the system here in Ireland is is you know um, the envy of a lot of countries. The way the the setup, the natural progression into the the four provinces here it worked really well when when rugby went professional. Yeah, they tried. They're trying to emulate the same scenario with the Ospreys and Scarlets. The former Scarlets, you know, they were Clinetley, they're Scarlets, you know, the Dragons were Newport, um, the Ospreys were, they were neat and Swansea who came together. So um, financially, I think the pandemic definitely has uh, had an impact on their finances and, and their governance. But you think that this has gone on a lot, a, this crops up every few, few years. Um, and I don't know what the outcome, did they get a loan off the IRB? Uh, from World Rugby or you know do they get a financial institution to fund them more but it's very difficult to ask certain players who are of the international standard to sign contracts and stay for massive reductions when they can go to France or England um, and get you know yeah, it's a short uh, career, and rugby is much more physical. It's not like soccer in the Premiership. Where no, and they they had that cap rule. It's that very difficult. Yeah, they need to change. I think that's really important. Um, the sixty cap rule would 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 it looks like they're talking about changing it. Yeah, I think it's on the table to right. reduce it to maybe thirty uh, thirty caps, which would be much more beneficial, at it. and it'll allow players to go abroad. There may be a reduction in the number of regions from four down to three. Um, so I don't know. I think the deadline is Wednesday for the match at the weekend. Um, but that would be a catastrophe if that did, game didn't go ahead. Yeah, it would screw up their whole championship, really. Like, Yeah, there's 70 why. players, when you think of it, out of contract in Wales. 70, Jeez. which is a lot. So they're all the players in, in the regions as well. So when I say I may meet ex-Guys I played with at Ospreys are now coaching with, with, the, with, with the Ospreys, on Friday night, and to say they're deflated, there's coaches under pressure here as well. And it's coming through players. in the performances. Like it is, yeah. How can you go out to a game like that? 
Munster had a raft of internationals back from, from, from the Irish squad to say that that was the f- reflection of the scoreline. Munster played really well and their pace and tempo and everything was really good. And they probably win the game anyway, but I just think it was, it, it, the mood in, in the Ospreys group, I think it, it would affect them because those, some of those players are out of contract and they don't know. And they're probably the ones more worried because uh, the international players will probably get options. Yeah. It's the uh, but it's next the, year it's, down. It's the Once they get an injury, they're screwed because you know absolutely. There's yeah, just there's absolutely. no out for them. Yeah, so it's yeah. a really difficult, sad situation that um, hopefully gets resolved and they find the finances to and a common ground and a middle ground that they can agree a deal. Let's talk about Munster. Yeah, the work rate imp- impressed you. The the fact that they're getting up fast I, again difficult to read too much into a game where you win fifty eight three, but. Everybody's playing to a pattern. Everybody understands what their role is. They all seem to be working for each other, and the turnaround in their fortunes is clear to see. And it's evidence based as well. So um, I think you you go back to the end of the November, even go back to the South Africa game in Cork. I think they played eleven, twelve games, including that up to the end of January, and they won nine of those. They lost three, two to Toulouse, and and one to Leinster. Um, compared to the start of the season. So the thing I would have noticed the other night being at the game, um, not commentating, but just watching, was the work rate of players trying to get into shape when something else is happening on the left-hand side. There's a far quicker movement in getting organised and being ready. And, you know, there's players working really hard, coming from one side of the field to the other, to get into attack mode and be an option even if it, even if you're not getting the ball. So they're much fitter. Um, I think they know what they're doing more and they're up to speed. So they're a very good side to watch now, which yeah. they couldn't have said that a few years ago. On occasions we saw it in, under Johan van Grand's era. But now um, they're a side that, that seem to be well organised, know what they're doing. A lot of the players are playing consistently well. Yeah, um, They look excited about getting the ball wanting the ball um, so it's much better much 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 better I, I've spoken about Connacht for years Connacht are, have been kind of looked like a team and you know obviously some of the results have been inconsistent and they haven't made playoffs in, in Europe in the last couple of seasons and they'd be disappointed with that but being a good side to watch um, is one thing you have to get results so I think Munster's results they've gone from 14th in the table up to 5th um, you know Connacht are gone into the playoffs now yeah. position, which is a big turnaround for them as well, given where they were in the table. So both Munster and Connacht were struggling. Leinster and Ulster were at the top of the, the group throughout the, the you know the campaign so far. So, um, you know, I think Munster were so much better and their attack is so much better. And Just to, if anybody's wondering how Johan van Graan is getting on, his team are bottom of the Premiership in England. Uh, they're the worst team in it. Just, I mean, like this guy was supposed to get a new contract. The IRFU thought he was doing a great job. Yeah, well, I think, look... Um, we can laugh at the Welsh. You know, <laughs> oh, that, that rugby, that's really badly run. But, like, yeah. they, they are if you were going to give him... But I think Johan van Graan, on, I, I think Stephen Larkham's... You talk about attack. Stephen Larkham was brought in to develop the attack in Munster. And so, uh, seems like constantly, it was, constantly, a pair constantly of the asking about the attack and what happened. Yeah, so um, they've moved on from that. And yeah. I think they're 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 they're... Now it's Bath's problem. Well, it's for Munster now. Their their attack is so much better. They've got 
the Scarlets next in, next in, in Glasgow two more home games um, and then they've got to go to South Africa Connacht had this South Africa stuff at the start of the season which really hampered them and, and put them in a difficult position but I think it's brilliant that they're back uh, they've played played 14 won 7 lost 7 but I think if you run a, look at Connacht's run of games they're, they're away to the Dragons next they'll fancy their chances then they've got Edinburgh home Benetton away is obviously going to be tricky because they'll have their internationals back but it's a winnable game for Connacht then they've got Cardiff at home and the last game is away in Glasgow which is really difficult because um, the exception of Glasgow they're all sides who are right beside them in the table yeah and they're, they're winnable games you think the Glasgow one is the one that's going to be really difficult uh, but I think there's the, the four of those if, if Connacht win those four games they could easily be in the playoffs and in Europe is which there, would be a massive turnaround and great for recruitment if, if of the course yeah, and there's a lot of changes going on there about when the, within the coaching setup. Um there's a lot of, some players leaving more coming in as well and a good number again there's usually a big turnaround and there seems to be again this year so um, it'd be brilliant for them um, I think it's the first time that we've do they need to just announce that we have the four Irish provinces in the top eight like as I said Leinster and Ulster have been right up there right at the start of the season whether it'll stay like that I don't know it's going to be really difficult still for Munster um, and Connacht to, to make playoffs and Europe yeah given that um, you know it's a very congested kind of area there right down from you know from third right to to tenth there you know it's pretty congested Um, do Connacht just need to tell us what's happening with the coaching ticket and confirm everything and just get it I think when they know they'll probably tell us I think it's very close I think it's obviously coming that's IRFU stuff and David Nusifora as well is is working with them Um, it's it's really important at this stage. I'm sure the decisions have been made. We're kind of heading towards the start of March. Yeah. Well, that whole point that you made about like players want to know where they're going to be playing. Like you want the coach to. I know. think a lot of this stuff is is, is already done, um, or close to being finalised. And we may hear something this week or next week. I don't know, but it's it's around that time that it needs to yeah. to happen. But um, uh, yeah, there's a fair bit of change going to happen there, and. Their game was crazy at the weekend against Zebra. They probably had to pull away twice in that game. But um, as I said, they've given themselves a real chance now um, by getting into two eight in the in the in the table. The difficulty is if someone like Cardiff don't make the top eight, um, they're head of their conference pool. Well, then only the top seven. You, they've got to go into Europe as well. So potentially Munster or Connacht would have to finish seventh. Yeah, si- you know, sixth or seventh to be guaranteed. This is a bit like the European Nations League that time with, with Kilban explaining exactly what I mean. <laughs> it's actually not as complicated okay. as you think. Okay, there's I, I get it. No, I, four yeah. pools, and we have to grandfather some of the teams in. And if 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 you finish top of that pool, like the Welsh group, someone if Cardiff don't make the top eight and they finish top of their pool, they go, they qualify for Europe. Yeah. So someone drops out. I know I'm jumping the topic here, Connie. Is there any reason why Andy Farrell should not include Gavin Coombs against Italy? Well, he's making such a real compelling case that, um, you know, it's really interesting to, 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 to talk about and look at the Gavin Coombs situation. I think he's really benefited from uh, being in the Irish squad again, watching players. Uh, you talk about pace, tempo, constant involvements. I think he's really, really been unbelievably consistent since that, you know, that period in... 
probably November, which was effectively only one game um, that he didn't play well, along with a lot of other guys against the New Zealand selection. Um, probably didn't come out of the blocks firing before that at the start of the season, like a lot of his comrades in Munster. But the consistency and performances and the ability for him to, even in really tough games where they've been under pressure, I think he's having a lot of big moments without the ball as well, making a lot of impact tackles. Um, obviously scoring three tries the other night again, but I just think he's, his involvements have been become more regular throughout the game. And I, I'm sure that's part of... So do you put him on the bench? <laughs> Looks we like played it the weekend. Well, when you're being released back, like it's a sign that, it's a sign that yeah. you're not under 23. But John Cooney may be preferred uh, at international level. For for Farrell, who did you say? Sorry, no, sorry, John Cooney. No, sorry, um, I was getting confused there. Yeah, what was the Jack name of that Conan? One? Sorry, Conan, the number eight. Yeah, but, but look, th- that would you would indicate that he's not been released back. Rory O'Connor made a very good point in the Independent of the weekend. He's talking about the fact that this is the fourth year in a row that Ireland have been drawn against Italy in the third round of fixtures, which means in terms of rotating players, you're not in the first group of two games or the last group of two games. So if if you don't pick someone against Italy. You're four weeks without a match, which is which is a fair point and one I hadn't thought of. Yeah. We, we, I think we had that conversation last week. Um, I, I I I get it, but at the same time, you know, um, they the periodization is perfect for these players. They you know they they knew that in advance, and they could have released players back to play a game. So you get two games in a row if that's what they decided. But it feels like he's going to pick the absolute strongest available team, and that there are going to be minimal changes this week. You do, I don't know. I, 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 it, it seems like that. Um, I think um, Gavin Coombs' performance the other night would certainly have. They would have taken note of that. They'll obviously play. They, he'll get feedback on that from the Irish selectors as well. Um, would have went back into camp yesterday. Maybe he will be involved on the bench. I don't know. Um, but then, even if they were thinking about that, would they release Jack Conan back as well to play a full game? For you know, so. Maybe it's not going to happen. It may not happen for, and this is this is a tough thing, for, probably for people to hear who were. And I'm a big fan of Gavin Coombs as well. It may not happen for Gavin Coombs till post World Cup. Yeah, that he goes on that run of even being in the team. It's five or six players in that kind of category at the moment. Do you think? Yeah, could, like being in the team and part of the next generation. Fresh. Even though, well, I I said on Friday talking to Adrian, I said, you know, they're, they're talking about the depth and Johnny. Um, you know, Gary Ringrose, there's no like for like. And then I was like, Jesus, I forgot Anton Frisch because I'm not that familiar. He only started his first game again for Munster against South Africa. But he is someone who has a lot of similarities to Gary Ringrose. He's very physical. He's quick, great footwork. Even the physique is similar. Um, he's a really, really exciting player. And, and France are trying to claw him back for the last few months because they probably see that they missed an opportunity with this guy um, and I think he's been brilliant. He's been really brilliant and really exciting player and one with a future in a, in a green shirt. He says he's committed and he wants to stay. Graham Rountree was asked about it the other night but I think he's a really exciting player as well. Last question, do you want to see Ireland's strongest team or would you prefer to see a little bit of mix and match? I, I wouldn't I'm not, I wouldn't be say, see a lot of mix and match, no. Because I'd like to see a couple of changes, maybe th- th- two or three, but then you know you're you're six months out from the World Cup, really, and 
I think he's done a lot of changing and, and chopping and changing in the last um, couple of years and capped over 30 players, Andy Farrell. So the the preparation has been pretty good. Um, it depends. Like I think Gavin Coombs would have come into the conversation after last night. Um, but I, I don't think the right thing to do is change a lot of players here. You cannot take this Italian side lightly. Um, and I think they could come unstuck and really do damage to themselves. And again, you're giving some players won't play for four weeks if they're not involved. So I wouldn't be in favour of big changes here. I'd be in favour of respecting Italy and putting out a strong squad okay. uh, All right. strong as possible. We'll know the team by the time you're back with us on Friday. Thanks a million, Alan, for joining us this morning. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 